Hello, and welcome to the Casual Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, I'm on Lot 7, or Addie, whatever you want to call me. And then today, my guest is... Um, I just forgot my name, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, Victoria, on Reddit, on um, Minzy Love, I'm not very active anymore, but I used to be. But, hi. Uh, yeah, that's... She's a dork. Um... <laughs> Our first question today is from Random Gun Hunter, and his question- Oh, no, fuck. God damn it. That was the last time, wasn't it? Edit that out. Okay, our first question is from AK474000, and he asks, Thoughts on the prevalence of loot boxes in other systems like it, and do you consider these tactics valid or predatory? Well. There are games like Overwatch who handle loot boxes really well where they give you it for, like, doing six arcade games or whatever, and then, like, you know, every time you level up. And there is the option of, like, buying a bunch of loot boxes, but who the fuck does that? And then, but there's also games like Rocket League that, like, give you, like, a loot crate, but you also have to buy, like, a key for it. And those are the type of things that I dislike, mainly because of, like, why. Like, I just, I I dislike the idea of any microtransaction in any type of game other than for things that are purely, like, cosmetic. But, and also, like, I understand while Rocket League is hurt there, most of the things that you can get are purely cosmetic. It's just annoying because like they give you the loot boxes and they're just sitting in your inventory and if like you're like me and you have like two bucks in your bank account then like it's just like a big like <laughs> you have no money and then it's just kind of you know it's just shitty and i don't like it i agree with the spending money in microtransactions i'm really bad for microtransactions though um i Spent probably thirty dollars on the game Voices, so it's you know it's one of those games like episode where you choose your own story and you have to like you need diamonds to make different decisions. Is this like a phone game? Yeah, I swear I'm not twelve. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> really bad for microtransactions because I understand where the games have to get their money, like. If you have to buy the keys or whatever, I understand that if it's a one-time purchase game, they kind of need to make money off the game. So from a strategic strategic standpoint like that, I completely understand it. But I don't really play enough video games that have it to really, I guess, understand it. But I think if you can get them for free, that's great. Because it's incentive, right? Yeah. Well, there's also the issue where, like... With, like, games that you spend, like, 60 bucks just to pay, like, buy, like, the base game. And then they're, like, pay $2 to get this thing. It just aggravates me so much because these are, like, the tactics you used to see, like, five, ten years ago in free-to-play games. But now they're in, like, you know, AAA titles and games that I spent 15 fucking bucks paying to begin with. Like, I already gave you my money you know, stop being greedy. Yeah, I get that too. Like, if a million people buy the game at $60 piece, that's math, I don't know, $60 million or whatever. Um, 
that's clean it up. They really don't need the microtransactions like that. But yeah. uh, it's it's a it's a double sided sword, I think. Well uh double they double, have their place. The double double edged sword? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is a double sided sword? It's a sword that has two sides. <laughs> double. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, this one comes from Cannabinoid Android, who asks, with Doom 3 BFG fully possessed, and in brackets, Doom 3 with full VR support, including track motion controls for guns and using in-game touchscreens, Alien Isolation, and now Doom 2016 getting VR support, what do you think will be the big breakout game that garners VR mainstream attention? And then there's a few more questions (laughs) that say, will we eventually see games that get both a standard and VR version released? How do you feel about mixed play VR? For instance, keep talking and nobody explodes. A game where the VR player has defused a bomb but can only be helped by others outside of VR who have big bomb defusing manual in front of them. Well. That's a good question. I think it's not a breakout game that will make VR into the v, uh, into the mainstream. It's the cost of VR to begin with. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it is so fucking expensive to have a VR headset and then let alone have all the other equipment to even be even more immersed. Like, it's just like games of the past where consoles at home were expensive and then they eventually got cheaper and more widespread. It's just, you know, cost. Like, I would love to have a VR headset because it is an amazing experience because I've I've used a VR headset when I was at conventions and whatnot. And if I had the money, I would buy one straight away and I know many people would. But it's just like I could buy a fucking like shitty used car with that money or like, you know, pay off (laughs) bills. Uh, Yeah, the cost is definitely something. But I think... um... If there was something to bring um, virtual reality or VR into the mainstream, I think it'd definitely be if a Sims game came out where you can actually, like, be a Sim. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that would be so cool, and I would definitely probably fish out the money for that. But... Well, there's also, like, I think a game like a fantasy game like Skyrim or something. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah, and, then, like, from... Just having a headset, you feel like you're there, and it would be so much cooler. But then there's also, like, how are you going to deal with the combat? Are you going to still use a controller? What are you going to do? And there's that, that's always an issue for me, the having to use a keyboard and mouse with the headset, with the, you know, fucking thing on my face. I would rather, I would in an ideal world, I would, like, not want to have things in my hands other than, like... Like, there are, like, games, the VR games that, like, have you hold, like, a a gun type like thing not like an actual gun but like a gun controller and it feels yeah. like like you're actually holding the gun which is like cool but also i think having i think with combat games like insurgency it would be very scary with the headset on especially with like you know combat veterans like military veterans and it's just like something i think could have maybe potential psychological effects because it's like more immersive than just looking at a screen Mm -hmm. because it can feel like you're actually there i'm not equating you know insurgency to like actual combat in like afghanistan but it's still like 
scary experience. Scary. I understand that completely. Um, the point about the like mixed play VR, the keep pa- packing and nobody explodes and stuff like that. I think that is terrifying. I like, like it, if you breathe too loud, the monster comes and stuff like that. I think that is so cool, and I really, I love it. I want to play it. <laughs> the best game that I played on VR was this game called Classroom Aquatic or something. I think it was Classroom Aquatic, where you are a scuba diver in a classroom of dolphins, and you have a test that you have no fucking idea, like, what the answers are for the test, and so you have to look over at the dolphins around you at their tests and get the answers off of them. Oh my god. That sounds amazing. It was so much fun. I loved it. Dolphins. Well, uh... The next question is from Turkey3 underscore Scratch, and they ask, Mercenaries, Playground of Destruction. You ever hear of it or play it? It's my favorite game, and it's so freaking underrated. Way better than GTA at the time. I still like it more than modern-day GTAs. Wasn't that the game on the PlayStation where you play as, like, a guy with a mohawk? I think, I remember, I think my brother played it a lot. I never really got into it. I thought the controls were kind of goofy. But I don't. I've I've heard of it, but I've never really played it all too much. It's not one of my like games that I can recall easily and be like, oh yeah, so much fun. Uh, I I don't know what it is. I've never heard of it. It sounds familiar, but I wouldn't know. Um, but Grand Theft Auto was super fun, so maybe it's something that I wouldn't mind looking into and playing. Um, no. Do you ever play those? Older video games for memory, for example, Sonic the Hedgehog, Donkey Kong, etc. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Like the first game that I can recall playing was um, Spyro: Year of the Dragon, and I do like a playthrough of that like every year, just because it's like nostalgic and it's like the first game I ever played. And I we have a Nintendo sixty four, and I play like. Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Snap. And then I have my computer, so I emulate quite a bit of games. Like, I play NES, on, and I play a lot of, like, Game Boy Advance games on my computer. And then yeah. I played a lot of... I know, I played all the Legend of Zeldas on my computer. Mainly because, A, I don't have any of those consoles. I mean, we have a Dreamcast. We recently got a Dreamcast, and that, that has Marvel's Capcom, Marvel's Capcom Two, and a few other games. But Marvel's Capcom, those are my babies. Like I, used to, <laughs> I used to go to tournaments for the arcade version of Marvel's Capcom Two, and it's so much fun. Oh man, I have um a lot of games on my computer, like emulators too. One that I played so much and I will still play is. Harvest Moon for Nintendo 64. The best, in my opinion, it's the best game ever. I love it. And I was playing it, and I was so close to actually beating the game, which is actually possible. I didn't think it was, but I was so close to beating it, and I accidentally deleted my save file. So I was so mad, and I stopped playing it. So then I broke it my GameCube and started playing Animal Crossing on GameCube. So I play games like that all the time. Yeah. I mean... GameCube. A lot of these games are just fucking good games. Just because they're old doesn't mean that they're not fun to play. Oh my 
gosh, no. Like, I I just <clears throat> replayed through um, Zelda. I can't pronounce Ocarina, I can't pronounce that word. Of Khan? Oc- Ocarina of Khan. Ocarina? It's not that hard of a word. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> Say it with me now. Ocarina. Rina. Ocarina. Yeah. Yay! Ocarina. We did it. Lesson- <laughs> language lessons with Addie. Thank you. I appreciate that. Teach me proper English. Because <laughs> where I'm from, we don't learn that. <laughs> I mean, uh, whatever. Lessons continue okay. sorry the person who asked the last question was possibly your friend oh okay sorry about that next question is spaghetti sauce 11 and he asks um, do you think dlc ruined video games if so what game made you realize it i don't think dlc necessarily ruins video games because there are amazing dlcs that came out quite like for bethesda games like Oblivion, in my opinion, The Elder Scrolls Oblivion had the best DLC of all time, which is The Shivering Isles. And it just brought an entirely different fucking world and a whole bunch of quests into the game. And it was like, it was like, a, it was like playing an entirely different game, but it was like at half the price and it was just so much fun. And then there's like DLC for like Mountain Blade, which is like the Napoleonic Wars and such. And like, with Total War, there's, like, different campaigns. Like, Rome Total War has, like, Barbarian Invasion or whatever. It's just so much... It's, like, it depends, really, because there are DLCs that can be a detriment. Like, why the fuck was in this in the base game to begin with? Like, mm-hmm. like Sims and, like... um out of it. And just, like, a lot of games, I think, have an issue with um, just trying to get money... I t- we talked about this earlier with loot boxes, like, stop being so goddamn greedy and make something that's fun to play and that I will remember. Yeah, oh yeah. I think, I don't think it necessarily ruins the game, because, um, I mean, a lot of times it does, it's in- it gives you some enhancement to gameplay, but sometimes it's not, it's not necessary to have paid DLC. Like, if they give you, just say you can download it for free, like, I still don't understand why they wouldn't put that in the game, but um i definitely realized playing the sims 3 that a lot of stuff worlds and stuff there was no need of them to have to download it from the store um they could have released it like put in an expansion that had more than just the world had more gameplay and all that stuff and um i find that sims 4 too they have everything very little in their expansion packs and then you have to download the stuff packs to get their the most of the game. So. And like, with like, Civ Five, I really don't like Civ Five. like, buy this and you'll get another character thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to fucking pay 15 bucks for Denmark or whatever. I'm just like, why wasn't this in the game to begin with? Or was it, why wasn't it just pushed as a update? Like with Terraria, or Terraria, whatever, however you say it. There is no DLC, and I've had it for, like, years now, and, like, it, they're still pushing out new updates, like, every <clears> so often. And it's, like, a completely different game from when I first started playing it. And it's just, like, that's how I think you should do it. Updates and not DLC. I completely agree with that. Like, just update things into the game instead of having to download it or buy it. That being greedy. Bye. Yeah. 
So, Feg721 asks three questions. The first one is favorite retro game and or system. The second one is favorite game soundtrack. And the third one is worst game you ever played. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh. First one, um, favorite retro game and or system. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the arcade. Uh, second question, favorite game soundtrack, uh, Dragon Age Origins. That soundtrack is amazing. Uh, third, worst game I've ever played, like, when I was six and my brother was five. So 2006, or maybe 2007, I don't recall. My correctly. gosh, you're so young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom took us out to Target or Walmart, and she was like, I'll buy you vi- one video game each. And I don't remember exactly what I got, but I do remember what my little brother Maverick got. He got Sonic the Hedgehog, which is now immortalized as Sonic 06. And I didn't know that it was, you know, like the meme that it is, like this god-awful shit show of a game. So, get home, and I was like, I want to be the first one to play it, because you don't know how to play video games and you're dumb. And so I put it in, and I started playing it, and I was like, what the fuck? This doesn't, like, obviously I was, like, six or seven, so I didn't swear. But I was, like, it was just so baffling to me. It was, like, the first game that I ever played that I couldn't, like, do anything correctly. And it was, like, every, like, two seconds I would mess up and I would have to start all over a game. And it was, like, so goddamn frustrating. And now I, you know, it's, like, one of those things in my mind. I'm, like, I played Sonic the Six genuinely, and I tried to like it, but I didn't know that it was that bad. Um, my favorite retro game or system, always Nintendo 64. It has a very special spot in my heart, um, especially um, Mario Party 7, I think. It's the one, and one mini game in particular where you have to stretch out the face. So that it matches, so you win the mini game. So you have to like stretch out the ears and the nose and all that stuff. That it has a special spot in my heart. I don't know what it is. I just love that game. Um, my favorite game soundtrack is Halo ODST. That soundtrack is phenomenal. And the worst game I ever played. I thought it. I thought it said first, but that was the next question. Um, the worst game I ever played. Oh my gosh. Um. <laughs> played a lot of terrible games. I can't even think of one of the worst game I ever played. Like Life. Life. No, I really can't. And like you don't have a game that you were hyped for and you got really excited for it and then you played it and it was just like a disappointment. Well, I mean, when The Sims 4 first came out, I was very disappointed by it. Um I had so much hype, so much love. Especially switching from Sims 3 to Sims 4. And then I played it, and the base game is so boring that I was very upset by it. And then once I started buying the expansion pass, it got better. But I'm actually trying to think of a game. I don't even know. I'm trying to think of it. I can imagine like some of the gameplay in my head, but I don't know what it will tell. It's like, I don't even know if the game was bad or if I'm just remembering because I suck at it. But you're like a, on a, like one of those things, Sky Glider or whatever it's called. Those big triangle things that you hold on and you kind of like float on. Those when that you know what I'm talking about? A uh, hang glider? Yes. Yeah. That. So you're on one of those and you have to steer it and pop giant balloons. That game. I like. I remember I used to play it so much when I was younger, but it bored me. But I loved it. <laughs> so maybe that one. 
<laughs> Good question. The last question um, from the post is from God of Numbers. And our last guest, uh, if you were listening to a podcast, our last guest was God of Numbers. And he asks, what was the first video game you ever played? I literally just talked about this, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, Spyro, You're <laughs> the Dragon, freaking Gucci game. Y'all should play it. It's just, it was like, it's it's just so much fun. It's like colorful and the controls are nice and the, the story is easy to follow. It's just a fun game. Um, I remember the first game I ever played was King's Quest on my old family computer. This was, I'd say, I'd say I was about five years old. So, you know, I think four, five, six. So, 1999, I was playing King's Quest trying to figure it out. I really had no idea what I was doing. I was just mashing the keyboard while my brother was, you know, getting mad because he wanted to play. Um, and then there was another game. I want to say it was the original Warcraft because, like, I found the box to it a couple years ago at my mom's house, and it looked so familiar. So I think it was either trying to play King's Quest when I didn't know how to spell, or the original Warcraft. <laughs> Warcraft is... I've heard so much... I feel bad. I feel like I miss that a lot. That, um, as I'm, like, young, I'm 17... And I never really got to experience, like, early um, World of Warcraft and games like that. And, like, I think, like, older versions of World of Warcraft are, like, impossible to find. And oh, um, man. I did grow up uh, during the good golden age of RuneScape 2007. That's where I Win a Lot 7 comes from. The I was, like, I was seven years old. And I was, like, oh, I win a lot. And the year is 07, so I just put a 7 at the end of it. And that's where Lot <laughs> 7 came from. And oh my goodness. I, I had so much fun. I played them for years. And I still play old school RuneScape when it fucking works. And um, it's just, I just feel bad that I missed so much and that you can't obtain nowadays. I just wish I could have lived through that. Oh man, I know. I was trying to um, find old games that I used to play as a kid the other day. There was one in particular that I could only find it for Mac. So I have a PC, so I can't really download that. But mm. I was trying to find, like, this old Barbie as Rapunzel game. And, like, I just, I had so much nostalgia that, that I couldn't find any of the games. But mm. while you were playing RuneScape in 2007, that was when I was in my prime of playing Habbo. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Always the weirdest thing. Like, people role-playing as babies and weird <laughs> I think the goofiest thing is uh, Roblox. I played a lot of that. I don't, that's where like my online identity really grew. And then I quit that and then I found Reddit. And that's where I spent all of my time. Oh my. Go back to Roblox. No, I'm kidding. That was mean. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, that was our last question. Um, do you have a question that you want to ask or... Whatever. No, this is really fun. Eh. I mean, eh. I guess. Eh. I mean, eh. obviously you were our worst guest. Duh. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I figured I would be. Uh-huh. <laughs> All 
thank you for listening to um, the Casual Conversation podcast. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, please consider uh, donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash casual conversation podcast. Our patrons are Sarah Rind, uh, Zach LaBush, and on Kevin, Luke Herbert, and Ethan Diley. Um, if you do donate to our Patreon, um, if you donate as little as a dollar, we will mention you on the podcast like I just did. Five dollars, um, you will be mentioned in a user tag in the post. And if you do that, if you do donate five dollars, can you please uh, PM me, send me a PM, and then I will remember to mention you in the new question post. So you, since I post the question post randomly, that is mostly to get an organic flow of questions and not like people like, oh, the podcast, da da da. And it's just like every time I do that, I get a new set of users asking questions and such. And then if you donate $10, uh, you'll be reserved spot as a guest. And if you do that, please, again, private message me so I can uh, hook you up with that. And uh, with $20, you'll have a private chat with me and my co-host. Um, currently... Don't have a co-host. I've been looking for a new one. Wink, 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 wink. Um, so if you do donate twenty dollars or more, uh, we can have a little chat. Maybe we can become friends. I'll add you on Discord and we can talk. Um, but yeah. So uh, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Have me back. <laughs>